voices and spirits sail Every mark on this earth tells a tale Every day that goes by without ever asking why You believe in your dreams Close your eyes and believe in magic as I hold your hand Close your eyes people out there. Uh, this is your host Susie Parrott, of course, and this is International Angels Network. This is another podcast for my Wednesday show. As um, as usual, well not as usual, but sometimes just can't come to you live, life's busy. And uh, so I do my podcast, which I hope you beautiful people do enjoy and relate to in some form or another. Um, like I say, I'm always sharing experiences with you and, you know, letting you into my, my, my life really, because, you know, if my experiences could help anyone out there, um, ease their pain or suffering in, or in any sense, then that's what it's all about. Um, and it's been, you know, makes my life a bit worthwhile as a light worker thinking, you know, I can help others see things in a different way or understand something in a different way or just to give people a bit of hope and encouragement and you know like I say if I could just make anyone's life that little bit easier I will do so um but like I say this is International Angels Network and thank you for joining me today um you can find us on many many platforms Obviously, the show normally I do goes out live, but once it's played, it's on all the major platforms. Uh, I understand iTunes is now Apple Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Player FM, iHeart Radio, TuneIn Radio. So many platforms you can find us on. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher. Like I said, iHeartRadio, Roku Radio, and obviously now, if you don't already know, you can get us on Alexa, Amazon Alexa as well, which is really good. And um, you can get it through, obviously, free card audio and things like that. But our show, International Angels Network, is sponsored by um, Audible as well, by Amazon, and you can go on and have a free book for a month and after a month you can stop it so it doesn't cost you anything to uh, help support our network and uh, yes so I'm here today and I'm gonna go off the cuff a bit I have an idea what we're talking about today um, but I'm gonna go off the cuff a little bit I think and see where spirit want to take me I kind of like sometimes doing podcasts like that because you know it's um 
them speaking through me, obviously the spirit realms, the angels, and it's it's good for me because sometimes when I'm channeling them, I don't always remember what I, what everything I say. I know it sounds crazy, but it's like that when as a psychic medium clairvoyant and I'm giving spiritual readings, sometimes I don't always remember what I say because I am just that channel. And uh, it passes through me so quickly sometimes I don't always, yes, catch what, pe you know, what I've said. And it's funny because people do kind of say, oh, you said this, you said that. And that's why a lot of the time I, I always just, if I'm doing private readings, I record them. So people can always go back to them because I don't remember, honestly. Not everything. I remember a lot, but not not everything when I'm doing readings. It's, uh, like I say, it comes in through so thick and fast messages from spirit. I don't always catch it. Um, but as long as they're getting it and I've recorded the messages for those, the people that I, you know, do my reading, spiritual readings for, that's all that matters. It's, you know, what they're important. <laughs> not so much uh, me remembering, but them remembering um, so yeah, getting back to the fact that we're doing a podcast today, I do sometimes like to say, like I say, go off the cuff a bit with spirit and see what they want to talk about through me to you. Um, because I always say, you know, there's many factors with my show. I couldn't do it without them. I couldn't do it without you. And I couldn't do it without Claudia Burra, who is the, you know, our show founder and God love her. She plays my show every week and does my show for me. Um, you know, so without all those factors, I couldn't even have a show. So I do like to give spirit a free reign sometimes and see what see what they've got to say and see what they want us to talk about. And like I said, I do have that impression of, of what they want to talk about today, which is quite, you know, quite exciting. So we'll see where we go with the show. And like I say, I hope it touches anyone listening out there and helps and it's interesting I always like to think you know my topics of podcasts are quite interesting to people because they're not always about angels I try and get a bit varied my my podcast all my shows to be varied because you do too much the same thing I think people get bored of it they know what they're going to expect from you you know so I do like to mix it up a bit I do like to talk about you know, like I say, experiences, um, and try and give people a broad horizon of um, topics and, you know, what, what can help you within everyday life as well. So let's go. So let's do this and see where, where they want to go with this. Um, I've always known, ever since I was a very small child, that I'm an old soul. I've always known I've had many past lives. And I think for me as a small child, it was simple things like bread. Bread reminded me of me being a street urchin as a young child. And I used to go into the baker's where he used to burn the bread. He couldn't sell it. So he used to bin it. And I used to go in the bin and eat the burnt bread. Uh, like the crusty loaf, because I was, I was hungry, um, and I always remembered this, 
always remember this and I always struggled with eating meat even as an adult because of the texture Ugh, didn't never like textures and the textures in my mouth I knew this isn't such a nice past life but I knew I was buried alive one one time and that's why I don't like anything hard in my mouth you know that reminds me of gravel stone it's horrible when I was a young child my mum trying to feed me meat would remind me of this so I've always always known this, this the fact that I've had so many past lives that I am an old soul and obviously I can't say at that age that very small age that I knew what a light worker was and I knew that I was here to help and enhance other people as much as I could you know I didn't know that but I just knew of past lives and and also, obviously, I knew spirit were around me from such a young, young age. And I didn't really understand, you know, at that point in my life, because I was so small, guys. I was so tiny, really. I mean, I've always been small in stature anyway. I mean, I'm only about 5'1", five, 5'2", five, now, um, <laughs> and shrinking. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was never... I, you know, I've never been, like I said, a big person in stature or whatever, but I always, always had spirit around me and always knew, you know, that there was something else. And I just found it very strange, I think, that at such a young age that people didn't see and hear and, you know, got what I got. And because of their behaviour of it, I think made me very scared of it. And, you know, I did have Skeletor at the end of my bed every night. And he was... Looked like Skeletor, there's no doubt about it. He, he looked like Skeletor out of He-Man. And he petrified me from a very young age. And, you know, I never had anyone to talk to about it because my family didn't see it. So you can imagine my, you know, my childhood was a bit frustrating, really. And, you know, I really didn't understand how I saw and heard and, you know, seen what I did. And no one else in my family did. So from a very young age, I felt very isolated. And I felt I didn't belong, more to the point. And I remember as a very small child uh, saying I was adopted. Now, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't adopted. But I didn't feel I fitted in my family. And I didn't fit. I still don't fit in my family. Um, but I always knew so many, like God, I always knew he existed. I mean, I blamed him for so much, especially in my younger years when my, my dad died, you know. Um, but I did believe in God, and I always knew that. And I was brought up as this small child. We did go to church. We did, you know, I went to Sunday school, I mean, with my, my siblings or my sister, um, you know, I did go, I did go to Sunday school and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the stories of the Bible and 
There was always a magicalness, I think, about the Bible for me because of the stories. It's a bit like the burning bush, you know, like Moses went up Mount Sinai and he got the Ten Commandments, didn't he? God gave him the Ten Commandments, um, which me being me, I've always obviously thought is a law for men, man to live by, which in sense it's true, it is. But really the Bible to me is God giving us an, an insight into how we should live, live our lives while we're here on this plane. Um, I don't think God meant the Bible as, you know, I don't know, with God, you know, you if you read the Bible, you could take it the wrong way, as in hell and damnation, you know, if you don't behave and, you know, you, something bad's going to happen to you type of thing. But I think, yeah, you could take it that way, that if you don't behave, something bad's going to happen. But I do think that, you know, God did give us the Bible to help man be on the right path and live life the right way, you know? And, you know, with the t Ten Commandments, um, you know, that is, yeah, it's like a law, isn't it? How, how a guideline as how we should live our lives while we're on on this plane i mean i don't know if you know the bible may i dare say might be a little bit outdated now because humanity for me is evolving and you know i know a lot of people that have issues with gay rights and things like that you know all revert to the bible as you know man shouldn't lie with man a woman shouldn't lie with woman and all this it's you know written in the bible and you know, but I can't help but think that, you know, we are all God's children and God forgives and man is evolving and bigotry doesn't lie in religion. I don't believe that bigotry is something that, you know, God would like or put up with. And, you know, I do think that, that, you know, humanity is evolving, it's moving with the times in the right manner. I mean, I personally feel that if you are living the life that you wish to live, whether you're whatever gender you're into or whatever, personally, I just feel that people, you know, should be happy. Um, you know, I've had personal experiences where people have taken their lives where they haven't been able to you know be who they wanted to be and they've been living a life for all these years um you know because they've always tried to please others rather than themselves and society back then even 20 years ago wasn't as you know giving as it is now to different gen genders in in you know our society um but like i say i think god is you know gave us the bible for for us to you know to as a guideline to live by um i mean that's the whole reason why we're here we are here is to evolve learn lessons and in understanding of that um and you know god does forgive and i do believe that you know there is a lot of gender issues for people 
Because um, it's all part of our evolving in this time, in this current time that we're in, in the here and now. And I do believe spiritually it's all a, a way of raising help raising the vibration because I on earth because I think if you're not happy within yourself you're not going to be raising much vibration even within yourself and I just think it's a natural evolvement probably of man and woman you know um it's another experience made maybe to be in a same sex you know, relationship, it, I mean, to me, like I said, it doesn't matter, I just look at humanity and think, well, as long as you're happy, and you're being able to live the life that you want for yourself, that's, you know, what I want for people, I, I want people to be happy in life, I want people to um, be who they truly are, um, obviously in the right manner, you know, there's some very dark things that go on in this, on this plane, some dark, horrible things that go on that I don't think should ever be a, allowed to be the norm, you know, um, but as people shine, you know, I just think God wants us to be happy and to be who we are. Um, so, you know, what I'm talking about, basically, I've probably gone off the track a little bit, but I, you know, I don't want people just because you're genderized for it to be an issue on this plane. You know, if you're happy and you're being allowed to live the life you want without harming others, um, and that might be in a same sex marriage or relationship, then, you know, so be it. You, you know, I just, I don't agree with you know, being down on people because they don't fit in that social box or they don't fit in what you think is classed as normal. Um, you know, because it's not for us to judge others and it really, really isn't, for sure. You know, that's not, not for us to, to judge people. That if that The only person I feel that can judge me is the good Lord himself. And, you know, I'm sure when I go knocking up to heaven, when my time comes, I'm sure you know, that I'll have to stand there with the angels and be counted because that's, you know, God knows everything. <laughs> you don't get away with anything. He knows everything. So, you know, you have to be responsible for your actions of what you do on, you know, on this plane. Of course you do. But, you know, I hopefully and I'm sure will always come from heart and not be egoed because it's not the best place to come from. And, you know, I will always strive to have my heart open and try and see the beauty in others, even if it's not what we want it to be the normal way or what we class as the normal way, you know. Um, but, you know, my love for others and humanity is, is, you know, there's so much good out there in the world. There really, really is. And there's not so much bad otherwise we would live in anarchy there are not great things that like I say some dark things that go on in the world that you know I hope will never be acceptable you know child abuse child anything you know towards a, a child any you know or or towards anyone that 
isn't consensual, you know, that I, I hope it will never be the norm. You know, I hope something like that. Well, I mean, it's filial, actually. I don't really want to talk about it. But you know where I'm going with that. You know where I'm going with that. Um, so, but really, you know, to, talking about this type of thing, I mean, I think it is important that people should, you know, be who they want to be in life. And I do think it's such a, it's such a hard thing if people can't shine and be who they want to be because they don't think they're accepted by others, you know, then they're going to be shunned by others. But I did have a situation today and this guy come in and got his hair cut and I really did, I'm a bit worried about him because I've asked the angels to help protect him because of what he was wearing and it's not, don't get me wrong, I wasn't judging him. He was, he wanted a very strange haircut. The most strangest haircut I've ever had in my life had to do in my over 30 years of barbering. Um, but it was what he was wearing. Um, he, he was exposing a lot of himself, as in his legs. And he looked very strange, but he's obviously a, a, gen, a gender man he's obviously a gay man which doesn't bother me but the thing is in this society it, it he I just said to the angels can you protect him so someone doesn't beat him up or you know because there is people out there that still you know want to judge others and you know by their gender and I just yeah was a bit alarmed and that's probably why I've ended up talking about this today maybe it's come out in my podcast but you know believe me it is a shame when people can't express themselves to how they want to but when it is made to seem weird like that and there's people out there that would I'm afraid not think twice but to you know not beat him up really so I asked the angels for protection for the gentleman and I hope he's kept safe because it's just you know I wouldn't like to think the, the man getting hurt he's not a young man he's an old man he must be what 60 nearly 70 you know but it is a shame that probably in this day and age you know these people still probably can't be who they really want to be without being ridiculed of others but it's the way life is but I did ask Archangel Michael and the angels just to uh, look out for him. God love him. Well, I think I have come off the beaten track a bit. I'm sorry for that. Um, but for some reason, Spirit wanted me to say that. So who knows? Someone could be listening. Um, and, you know, I don't like my podcasts or any of my shows to be controversial or... Um, you know, anger anyone or, you know, annoy anyone. But sometimes things, you know, do have to be kind of aired. But it's weird how me talking about the Bible and God brought me to this situation today. So maybe, like I say, that's just what Spirit wanted me to air with you, you know, that we shouldn't lie in judgment of others. It's not our place. And even though he asked for the most ridiculous haircut, and he was dressed ridiculous. Obviously, I didn't pass judgment on this man. I actually asked for help for the angels to protect him. 
because I think uh, they were kind of showing me that um, he's kind of, uh, although he's shining brightly and he's proud walking about the only gay in the village, um, you know, I just wanted protection for him. So I've just asked for that. But anyway, darlings, going back to God, the Bible, the fact that, you know, as a child, I did kind of find the Bible magical, um, the stories in it, you know, even like Noah's Ark, it kind of frightened me in a way, though, that God, you know, was cleansing the earth of the rubbish and... There again, I always knew I'd been in Atlantis from a young age, so he, I felt that he'd done the same. And the fable, as the fables go about Atlantis, that man, that's the only time on Earth that man has lived in harmony alongside each other for over a thousand years in harmony. Um, but after a thousand years in Atlantis, it went corrupt and God pulled the plug. That's how the fable goes. And as me being me, this old soul, I'd always known that it Atlantis had existed. Uh, I always had known that because it was a past life. And so in the sense of knowing of these stories in the Bible, they always sat with me. They always sat to be true, to be, they were believable, they weren't something I doubted, you know, they weren't, so the whole concept from a young age, and obviously I am very spiritual, um, and I do have the mediumistic senses, and claircognience, which is clear knowing, that is definitely, you know, one of my many gifts, that I have so the Bible always sat with me as a truth it sat as a truth I never felt I was being fed a load of bull or rubbish or anything like that you know the Bible sat with me um but yeah I always found it quite mystical um and at a very young age I think that always put the the minds, cogs of my mind turning is why am I here? What am I doing here? Um, so I always had questions from a young age. Not that I always shared them because hmm, most of the time I didn't feel I could. But, you know, you always kind of had these, these things in my head of, you know, the truthness, the truthfulness of what the Bible stood for and... Also, obviously, all the stories, um, which, like I keep saying, was kind of a bit magical. I think the one that horrified me was Daniel in the lion's den. I didn't never like that story. Never, it really scared me, even as a young child, that this poor man should be thrown into a pit of lions, you know? And the other story I didn't like was the fact that that, um, um, oh, sorry, I've forgotten his name. How blooming typical of me. When Judas turned on Jesus, because I was brought up a Christian, 
I never liked that story because I've seen it in the, in the film, you know, with like before he had the last supper and all this and he turned around to Judas and said, this is Jesus, obviously. He turned around and said that you're going to denounce me by the 12th strike of the bell tonight. And obviously Judas was like, what are you going on about? You, you know, you're rubbish. <laughs> you're rubbish, you're lying. And obviously it happened. And I've had to watch that in a film. And I didn't like that story. It, it really, I don't know, scared me in a way. How, you know what I mean? How could anyone denounce Jesus Christ? It was, you know, it was quite... Well, I just thought as a kid it was scary. And then obviously having Daniel in the lion's den, I didn't like that either. So there was a few stories within the Bible that kind of terrified me. And I did kind of feel sorry for the, like, the Israelites going through the, you know, through the desert and Moses taking them through his people, you know, because he didn't rightly know that they weren't, they were his people, did he, for a long time. He thought he was royalty, didn't he, as regards to, um, Caesar, you know, um, but I suppose I always believe, guys, and within that, I always prayed, I always, you know, used to go to Sunday school and used to have the stories, and then we'd do, like, do mass, well, like, I call what we call mass, and I always prayed, and you know, even as a small child, I was always had my faith in the power of prayer. You know, in the fact that if you prayed for someone, it would help them. If you, they were in your, even in your thoughts in a positive manner and in your prayers, that that would, that would help them. Um, and I think that was something, you know, that I carried with me for many, many years of the fact that, you know, the power of prayer could and would help with anything you know even with blessing your food blessing the water um you know being grateful for what i'm about to receive um and just praying for people's health people's you know happiness or i used to pray you know that people made it to heaven and you know, this is as a young child, so it's always been there for me, you know, this, this power of prayer, and I always used to do, you know, my prayers before I went to bed as well, um, and I used to have a long list of people, including, you know, obviously my family, which I still do, I, I would always pray every night to keep everyone safe and well, and, you know, um, so the power of prayer for me has always been there. And I have, in more than my lifetime, noticed and experienced miracles with the power of prayer. And I would say miracles, you know, people that have been on death's door and they think they're going to pass. And, you know, you have a group of people around them and they're praying for their wellness. And then all of a sudden they have this magnificent <laughs> recovery. You know, I've done it with my own family, with my grandparents, my grandfather, you know. And we were like, oh, my gosh, you know, I thought, thought that was, you know, near his time or whatever. And we were all around the bed praying. And, and then he made this miraculous recovery, recovery, you know, he was even shallow breathing. And 
everybody was like, oh my gosh, I mean, he survived on for, you know, a good few years after. Um, and I'm pleased to say when he did pass, there wasn't suffering because I don't like that. And I'm always praying to God for people not to suffer and saying to Archangel Azrael to, you know, not let souls unduly suffer when they're passing because he is the... Um, the one that helps, or Raziel. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible, aren't I? Yes, it's Azrael. I'm like, Susie, get it together. But Azrael helps um, souls passing over into heaven, make sure they get where they should be. So I always say to Azrael, can you help help passing souls so they don't, you know, in their transition, so they're not suffering in any way? Because... Um, you know, it's awful to think. I don't like anybody thought of anyone suffering. So I ask the archangels to come in and, you know, help others. But I do believe in miracles. I always have done. And there was a situation last year. Um, a friend of mine who has... She's registered blind. I'm sure she won't mind me telling her this story everyone this story because it's a miracle and it is down to prayer I believe um but this this situation with her didn't only just help her it actually helped me as well and there's one thing I know since I've met this lady and I met her through International Angels Network actually um was the fact that I always knew I'd known her many lifetimes, always knew that before I'd even met her in the physical. I always knew that. And um, we did a radio show, actually. She was on my show, and we've been in contact ever since. And last year, she rung me up, and she said, Susie, she said, Spirit, keep on to me about going to Ireland. Well, obviously, Ireland's right near where I live. She's in Australia, and I'm, you know, in the UK. So... I said, I I said, ah, and the next minute Archangel Michael came in and he said, told me, and I said, oh, I know exactly what they want you to do. So she said, oh, what? And I said, they want you to go to Knock. Now, Knock Shrine in Southern Ireland is a, it's a wee little place, and Mary Magdalene was to have shown herself to quite a number of people in this room. And there is a church right next to it anyway. It's a very, um, you know, religious place where people go for mass. But Mary Magdalene had appeared, an apparition, a whatever you would like to say, but she appeared to people in this room and in this building. And she appeared for a long, long amount of time. I mean, I think people were seeing her for about an hour, even 45 minutes, you know? And there was a considerable amount of people in this room and they all saw the same thing. And they all said they saw the same thing. So, you know, and that, as far as I'm aware, no one was intoxicated <laughs> with anything, okay? But since that day, Knock Shrine has become 
a shrine for people to go um and they've turned it into a like a chapel um but the only thing was i'm not sure if it was a chapel before it became not shrine because they when i read the plaque it said this is the gable end what's left of what was the original building they kept a bit of the gable end in the current wall which people go up to and touch and do the sign of the cross the cat you know if they're catholic do the sign of the cross and kiss it you know i kissed it and um anyway i knew they wanted us to go to not shrine so i said this place is a place of magicalness and healing because i've heard many many stories um, of people have he have had healing in this place so i said to her because leslie can't drive guys she's got very tunnel villain uh vision she walks with a stick a white stick and she hadn't read for up to 20 years literally she hadn't been able to see to read for up to 20 years over 20 years at that point so anyway she flies from australia to me i pick her up at heathrow we then go from here, I take her, you know, home with me and she hangs out in Hertfordshire for a bit. London, took her into London, so I'm only not far from London. And then we went to Knock and we got to Knock and we picked up a car and I drove us to the shrine. And Spirit said to me, uh, Michael said to me, Archangel Michael, she needs to have mass. She needs to take the bread and she needs, you need to take her to mass. So I said to Leslie, look, we need to go to mass. So it was packed, guys. Mass was at, on the Sunday morning, it was rammed. And we got there by about half past 12 and they were in the throes of it. So we waited until that had finished for the next kind of, there was another period they did mass. And it, everyone kind of came out of that. And I was able to get her on a seat. And uh, cut a long story short, mass started. And it was very touching. I felt very emotional in, in Knock Shrine. I really did. Very, very emotional. And I took her, because like I say, she can't see very well. So I took her up to the um, reverend or chaplain or whatever you would call him to get her the bread, you know, the, the, to do mass properly. And I took her up and I brought her back round and we stood in the chapel. And when we stood in that chapel, we hugged each other and there was, we, I tell you, it was so emotional. Um, it was so, so emotional. And we hugged each other and all this energy left us. I honestly, I've never experienced anything like it before, but I could feel it just shooting up out of us, like as one, up through the ceiling of Knock Shrine, and it was just releasing from us. And the visions I got was me and her as nuns in the potato famine in Ireland. And we had both, in that mini clip of all that leaving me, we had st starved to death through no food and we had given what we had in the church 
that we were in, we'd given everybody the food we had and we starved. We starved to death ourselves. And in the release of our praying and in the release of being in the shrine, we released all this old energy, this past life's energy from us, from ourselves. And I felt an incredible sense of peace for the first time in a long time, I felt at peace and I felt in understanding of that past life that I'd shed with her and has, as it had left me um, with her because I, it was weird. I'd never sat, seen myself at that point as being a nun in past lives, but I've been many. I've been a nun many times. And so has she. But the thing was, obviously, Archangel Michael needed us to release. We needed to be in the physical to do it. And we listened. And through the power of prayer of doing that as well, we both released that past life and gone. But like I say, we both burst into tears after that. I I really was very emotional i it's hard to describe it actually but started to kind of gosh we just clung on to each other for a bit and held each other and yeah we weren't quite sure what just happened <laughs> really um it was very very powerful and it was only later i told her what i'd seen and you know what i felt that left me and she said she just felt a huge like rush of energy leave us you know and it was going straight out the roof of the um chapel and I was kind of dazed about it we both were but very much like that's the reason why we were meant to come because there was we were obviously meant to do it in the physical and we were meant to um do it together you know it wasn't something that couldn't be done um, from Australia, she had to come all the way to knock in Southern Ireland to do it. And, you know, we, you know, I'm talking about the power of prayer because I think prayer, praying for others and for yourself, I think, it, you know, it does help. Um, even if it just gives, prayer gives you, you know, hope. I think it, it does help because it, it can act in a kind of healing as well, I believe, you know. Even kind, nice healing thoughts to someone that's ill, I believe that, you know, this can all help a person. And going back to the story of us after we'd been in mass, and obviously, like I say, I really feel that, you know, Archangel Michael wanted us to go there in the physical um, the motto, well, not the motto, but there, there is a motto to this story because A, is I believe that prayers are part of it, but also believing in miracles and believing, you know, in anything is possible. And I think that's something through my young upbringing of Sunday school, that magicalness of the Bible and the stories, it, it has made me believe that anything is possible and 
you know, talking of Nock, I mean, there's Lords, which is in France, and, you know, many people go to Lords for healing, and they go into the water there and get healed. And, you know, there is, obviously, that's done through prayer as well. And, you know, people talk of miracle recoveries. Um, you know, going back to Nock, I had a lady in here last weekend because my friend now, since we've been to Nock and since she left me to go home, she can read again. She can see letters again. Now, she hasn't been able to read in over 20 years. That's why I said it, I mentioned it earlier because since going to Nock, she's seeing letters again. She's actually reading and she said, I couldn't believe it. I got on the plane and I just picked up the magazine and she said, I was like, oh my, oh my gosh, you know, I can read for the first time in all those years. And, you know, there's one thing I did say to Leslie, that's the reason why she's not well in this life is because she has looked after others through the fact of being a nun. Um, she's looked after people through centuries of illness, the bubonic plague, the black plague, the black death, sorry. I know that she did that in London for people. I've seen it. I've seen that as one of her past lives. And the experience she has in this life is coming back with an ailment of, her, of herself having something wrong with her. So she knows what it's like to be ill because in all our past lives, that's all she's ever done is look after others. Um, so that's her kind of experience on this plane. But now I feel that Michael wants her healed or in a better place so she can help do her spiritual work. Um, and that's what that mass healing was about, you know, in Knock. And, but it's so exciting and thinking anything's possible because she is now... She can now read, you know? And I do believe from what the angels tell me that she'll be able to have a physical operation to be able to see better in the near distant future because what they're doing with the medical side of things as well is second to none right now. So I do believe that she'll be seeing again before she passes over, you know? But... Going back to Nock, there was a lady that came in here last week with her son and she was telling me a story of her father-in-law. I don't know, I, I mean, how I got onto it, I don't know. But she was saying that her father-in-law, father, uh, her father -in sorry, recently has had really bad problems with his ankle and went to the doctors, didn't know what to do, didn't know what was up with it. And he was in pain with it, you know, and a lot of discomfort. So it was his wife that actually said, why don't we go to Nock, because they don't live far from there, and go to the shrine and pray to God about this ankle. And he said, "She." it was kind of funny, because she said, he said, are you a crazy woman? She goes, no, what else is there to do than to do this? The doctors don't know what's wrong with you, and we live right near Nock Shrine, and it's known for miracles, so why don't we go? So cut a long story short, they went. And he's been perfect. Apparently from the time he left there, he noticed a difference. And within the next five days, the ailment's gone. There's no pain. And he says, it's knock. 
It's not, because that's what he said, not shine. So through the power of prayer, again, this gentleman has been healed. And he was in a lot of discomfort and pain. And like I say, my friend now, because we had this experience at Knock, she wants us to go to Lourdes next year, which is another wonderful place. I mean, it's like a Mecca for, for, for Muslims, you know. And a lot of people talk of miracles who go in the water and, um, and go to Lourdes. And they have miracles. People say they see again. People say they walk again after being at Lord's. But obviously through the power, but it's all through the power of prayer as well. And the intention of wanting to be healed. And the intention of God's love touching upon you while you're there. But all I can say to you is, is through first hand, I've experienced the magicalness of, you know, seeing people on their last breath of life and then praying and, and, and wishing them well that they make the recovery and of being in not trying with my friend last year who is incredibly blind you know she can't see in one eye so she only has one good eye which I failed to mention but it's that one good eye that is recovered proportionably and she's reading again you know, and that is all through not trying. And, and the thing is, through the power of prayer. So I am a big believer in miracles, but also in the power of prayer. And within that power of prayer, of helping others as well. You know, of wishing people well with those positive, loving, healing thoughts. But also through the power of prayer. So I believe the power of prayer is something to be believed in and something that with the right intention is used for the good of others and can help for the good of others you know so watch this space I would like to go to Lords next year with Leslie um and you know because it's only in France it's not a million miles away and you know gosh I wonder what what we have happened there with the power of prayer and, you know, in the belief of miracles and that things can happen with the grace of God that can change, you know, your situation or your, your ailment that you may have. But like I say, for me, it was very exciting and it has been very exciting because I've always wanted to go to Lord's because, um, you know, there again, it's not it's on a bigger scale than knock and i mean a lot of people don't know about knock because it's in southern ireland and i suppose it's quite an unassuming little place i mean the airport's just like a hut <laughs> you know it's a very very small place but miracles happen if you will them you want them and you believe in the power of prayer um i knew we knew something was going to happen in knock but Archangel Michael in particular hadn't shared what so we didn't know I kind of got the hint yes guys it was healing but I thought it was I did think it was for Leslie but I feel I had the healing too I really do feel I had you know a healing session as well um as in because I'd let go of you know those past that past life and I obviously needed healing from it because I did 
you know, it wasn't a nice passing. It, you know, being starving to death isn't, it's a slow death. It's, it's not a, not a nice death to starve to death, you know. So I felt for myself as well, there was, you know, a healing in that, within, you know, within that. So, you know, the power of prayer, guys, I do believe is magic within itself. And although people might not think God is very cool or, you know, God's not, well, yeah, he's just not that cool. Um, I, you know, I really do believe in the power of prayer. And even at INA, we have a um, group, a power, a, like a power of prayer group for INA. If anybody knows of anyone that's not well, we all put it in the group and we all pray for that person by name, you know? Because even if you're like giving good thoughts to that person, good healing thoughts, I mean, prayer is, you know, such a, a beautiful thing to do for somebody anyway, um, you know, that they're in your prayers. I think it's a mass compliment to them and a, and a jolly, lovely, lo lovely thing to do for, for anybody. Um, and we do that in INA, you know, we have our prayer group, which... Like I say, I believe in that power of prayer. And I tell you what, I've got to be honest, forever anyone that puts the power of prayer, the person in that group, they pretty much, I think I've only known one person not to pull through. Maybe it's not their time, you, you know, it was their time to go or whatever, but nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, the people that are in our group and we wish well are well. So I really think the power of prayer is not to be underestimated. And I think, you know, if you're using it in even in your everyday lives, even as to bless your food, the power of prayer is important. I mean, I see chemtrails. I Living in London, I see chemtrails all the time in the skies. So I'm always saying to God, please, God, I command you to turn those chemtrails in, into water vapour as to cause no harm to you know, us plants or, or anything on this in our fifth, third, fifth dimensional planet. I always say that as a prayer, you know, so, and it also acts as a protection as well, but it's still the power of prayer, you know, it's still putting something positive and good in the universe because, you know, especially for those things like chemtrails, they're not, they're not good, they're a negative force, you know, that are spewed into the air. Um, if you don't know what they are, look them up on Google, chemtrails, because a lot of people just think that that's the fuel of the plane, and it's not. It's not the fuel of the plane. Most most planes fly without leaving a trail. So just have a look at that. Like I say, I'm not getting over-political on my show. <laughs> talk about genders today and all sorts. Um, so I don't really want to get political <laughs> with with that but it was more about you know the power of prayer and what it can do for us and in believing you know in positivity from it and miracles happening through the power of prayer it is a force to be reckoned with and one not to be overlooked so people if you're not praying as a light worker it is a good thing to pray for others um, and yourselves and obviously your family and situations you're in you know for a quick happy outcome through prayer.
you know this is all all very doable and all very manageable in your everyday life the importance of prayer you know and if you've you don't always have to say them out loud you know um but to pray i think yeah it's a wonderful thing to do for others it's coming from a really good place a great place you know so have a think on that i hope you've enjoyed my podcast i hope it hasn't been too um jumping about but it's like i say what spirit i think wanted me to talk about today and um, i hope you enjoyed it claudia barra thank you my darling for playing it and guys you will catch me again um you know for a live show very very soon my lovelies but i hope you've you enjoy the podcast and i will talk to you soon love you lots take care everyone bye